I think this is a very key part of how to be involved with furthering society. Be a safe person. Sometimes that's all you need to do is be a safe person for someone to come out to or to bear their soul to. If you can be a safe person, that empowers other people to be able to speak up about who they are. See, oh my God, how are you today? Fantasy and reality, you know, the use. But we're joined by two wonderful guests, Trill and Athena Kaminsky. How are you today? Doing quite all right. Fantastic. Uh, So good. I'm so glad to have you both here. Athena, Trill. Okay. Wonderful. I'm Caroline. So, Lucy, how are you today? Oh, I'm Fantasy Come Reality. So glad to have you here with me, with us again this weekend as we explore legal precedents, among other things. So I'm just going to let, I'm just going to jump right over. I'm just going to let Athena take the floor because Athena has come very prepared for us today to tell us all about this, uh, these studies and all this wonderful stuff. So I'm very excited to, to hear all about it. So I just want to ask with like kind of a general question for you guys. Uh, I used to be really, really poor. So I've done a lot of work for uh, uh, Amazon doing mechanical Turk back in the day. It was a place where you used to sur- fill out surveys. Did you, did you used to like fill out surveys for like pocket change or beer money? Yeah, I know about those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, most of the time they're closed down these days, but I, I have a link in the, the show notes here, link zero. It's got a link to one of those kinds of surveys that you might've taken back in like the early 2000s. This one specifically would have been from 2008. That's link number zero. Uh, but specifically, it's got some questions in it you might uh, be able to kind of go through and see if you can pick out what exactly the uh, the survey would be about. So it's called the New Family uh, Survey Structure, or Structure Survey. Uh, so what this specifically is trying to uh, find out are the uh, life habits and uh, life outcomes of people who were uh, raised in same-sex families compared to uh, straight families. So there's a period, there's a table that uh, compares the different results on the outcomes uh, that we can see. It's kind of got some, uh, you know, uh, obviously some branding here for that. Uh, IBF would be for like the, uh, you know, I think that's the uh, boyfriend. Is that what it stands for? But there's like a lesbian mother, gay father. Oh, and that's, it's, uh, it's called a intact family. That's what they Ooh. label as the standard family, right? That every oh, other family somehow that's broken. That's such a loaded word to, to be <laughs> intact. For, so so anything else other than a heterosexual couple raising children, they are viewing that as not intact or broken. That's very, very loaded. It's just, it, it gives me the impression that most of this, um, most of their data is going to be a Geico thing, garbage in, garbage out, because again, it's self-reported data. It, yeah. If I saw, it, I would mm-hmm. go in, I would take it multiple times over and over just to to make my my point upon seeing that sort of uh, verbiage. I would go in and just be like, "Oh no, I'm gonna fuck up your data." Like, they need <laughs> and for, this is why we use controls and st- uh, studies with controls and whatnot. This is just atrocious. This is terrible data. Right. And that's exactly the criticism. And it gets, we get, we get into that basically next, but uh, just to kind of uh, go through some of our, our, um, uh, you know, uh, results from that. So we've kind of structured, gone over the uh, structures for it. Link number three actually has a still living 
public-facing uh, document here with that garbage data that we're talking about. Still public-facing and it's still ad-free. <laughs> you know, it's still being uh, hosted by uh, being uh, what is it called, the Witherspoon Institute. So you know, it looks like uh, it's got links for Facebook and Twitter on it. Very Web 2.0 design. It's interactive, so you can sort all of the data. And you know, it's basically this is just a design here as an amicus briefing. So something to be filed alongside a Supreme Court document. It's ah. about the relative fitness of homosexual parents. And it's not up to what the straight couples apparently what they're providing. So yeah. Holy. Which is crazy. Well, I shouldn't use the word crazy because that has a very negative connotation for ooh, right, right. issues as such as myself. I just find this this like, uh, it's just hard to believe that someone would accept this data to provide in a case. Like, oh, we're going to the Supreme Court. Let's use these. Like, ooh, ooh it makes me so mad. I'm sorry. Let's yeah, see. let's let's what's... use these completely biased and garbage studies and take them yeah. to the Supreme Court to make law out of it and the fact is that these studies were were brought to the supreme court whenever gay marriage was legalized and we are getting ready to see it used again in the supreme court because we all know that with the overturning of roe v wade they are coming after the other you know quote social laws like gay marriage and trans rights so when the Supreme Court opens their next session, we're going to see studies like these that are just absolute garbage uh, to be brought to the Supreme Court. And with the current justices that we have now, they're not going to care that this is biased. They're not going to care that it's a garbage study because this validates their point of view. Yeah, I, I don't think even if you had valid studies that would you know prove the, the in favor of gay marriage and and, you know, rights for people like myself they're not going to care because they honestly i don't think they're they're looking at facts and data i think that right it, there's a divorce between reality and what they uh, want from reality yeah i i honestly and for the people who are thinking oh this won't affect me because i live in a state that is very um forward thinking it will affect you because upon uh overturning roe v way the Republican Party has already decided, hey, we need to codify making it illegal nationwide. So exactly. they don't care about states' rights. They care about their control. And, and most likely, they don't care about the results of the research to the point where they would still reuse this exact same amicus briefing in the new court and just go ahead and, and roll over with it. But there's mm -hmm. more that's coming down the pipeline from the same institutions that put out this study. So we're going to get those uh, in our, our long-term targets here. But we want to establish that there's a ground of, of bad faith research happening from these institutes, that they're putting out garbage data, that they are aware of the fact. And we've got the receipts for like all of the different controversies here about what has happened here with the data and the response to it. Just kind of some fun moments here, especially whenever it comes to like the reactionary uh, like from the lay people or even from some of the, the researchers who don't seem to have a, any kind of vested in, in, investment in an honest research into the subject. Basically, though, uh, the conduct of the research doesn't hold up to scrutiny. The results have changed with newer generations of tests, and the questions don't match up with the language that was accepted or used at the time. So it can be read as a more or less expansive than it was intended. So people who they're saying are you know raised by same-sex couples just had a different from what they would call the standard or intact model. And the statistical samples involved seem to have anomalies 
And while the government has an interest uh, in future generations here and making sure that you know we are a healthy society that has children, all of that, we are also invested in not being taken for a ride by you know bogus research like this that we are spending money on or that we are using some of the dark money, you know, like a 501c money, political research money to funnel through these these contributions just to grab power. Yeah, the philosophy of law that's behind this is the fact that the idea that there is a natural law, that the natural law is uh, what dictates policy law. So for instance, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, in, in society, uh, laws that are about, you know, uh, wearing clothes uh, for, for the safety of other people or for the safety of yourself, uh, for decency, things like that. We don't really have like a basis, though, in natural law for animals wearing clothes. So that really doesn't quite make the, uh, the same kind of argument. So in a similar way, like we could make a natural law argument that, hey, maybe, you know, uh, people with XY chromosomes and XX chromosomes, generally speaking in the wild, that would be you know how it works out but we don't have any examples of any animals getting married so we don't have a way that we can process that through natural law unless we write that on top of it and religion's the really the way that you have to do that you have to say that there is some kind of intelligent designer some lawgiver that is going to dictate that your process of what you call natural in social constructions derives from so that's where religion derives their power they they get the power to determine the nature of relationships uh, by creating the narrative behind you know the, the law structures that they operate in so like back in the day the sanhedrin or these days the supreme court they operate on the same assumption of power based off of divine providence essentially and well, they get divine, their divine providence is what dictates what that natural law is to yes them. but exactly. natural law for conservatives is very different than natural law from a scientific point of view yeah. or you might say from the leftist point of view yeah well that like we do see homosexual relationships in social creatures and parent yeah. creatures in the wild for instance and we see parents are... of yeah. the same gender in the wild that's not a question mm -hmm. so that should be part of accepted natural law but it's not and there's also a bio there's also an evolutionary like theory as to why there's oh you know, uh, homosexuality in nature i.e mm -hmm. Uh, plenty of animals die and are eaten and their children are left uh, basically to fend for themselves when they're not at an age that is capable to take care of itself and in most instances a homosexual couple will actually you know not officially adopt since you know animals don't have paperwork and courts but they will yeah. start to take care of these uh, adolescents who would otherwise perish without them we see it especially with penguins yeah and, and what i was gonna say everybody loves the gay penguins that raised other little baby penguins <laughs> And yeah. furthermore, the, the other penguins in that penguin society didn't kick out those penguins because they decided to raise children together. So if you're willing to go through like a naturalistic interpretation of law, what, if we're going to follow that model, why don't we just go ahead and, and you know, call marriage what it is. It's a social construct. It's, a, it's a, a something that we can assign together as an agreement. It's only based on the language that we use. Uh, similar to the way that we talk about gender versus sex. We can make that differentiation between biology and, and terminology. It's a social like construct that. that's there to control people. It's a social construct that's there to say who gets the insurance, who gets yeah. to adopt the kids, et cetera, et cetera. So just to like kind of underscore like how intense like those conversations about 
you know, how, how children should be raised can get. I've got our section three here of our, our link here is just basically uh, about the philosophy behind it and the religious biases uh, involved. So just one interaction just to serve as example, starting with uh, our uh, link number 12 here. Uh, is a, a lay person's response to it is not scientific at all. Uh, but to quote from the article, it's by Lori Hig uh, Higgins here. It's uh, called um, The Regnerous Study on Family Structures, uh, Scott Rose. And Scott Rose was just an activist who came out against the uh, uh, the document and the research process. He also was kind of inherent, like part of the uh, people who were getting signatures together. A lot of his... his uh, Online stuff has been erased, though. Like the Wikipedia links are dead on the page. And if I was a better Wikipedia article editor, then I would have gone ahead and taken care of that. Uh, I haven't, though, because he's been sort of bullied off the internet. So just a quote from the document from uh, Laurie Higgins, though. Social science research can be helpful, but most of us who are non-social scientists and non-statisticians won't be able to evaluate the quality of research studies. And in this highly politicized pro-homosexual climate, it's difficult to determine the reliability of even assessments of the quality of the research. So the argument from that is that somehow society has deteriorated so much that we can't study it anymore. Like if there is a pro-homosexual argument that has deteriorated to where then we can't make an honest attempt at studying something that we already approve of. But there's not the self-aware bias the other way. If we were already assuming that it's wrong, then we can't study it legitimately that way either. Define deterioration. Like, how has society deteriorated? Has it really deteriorated, or is that just a biased view? And it, it, maybe it's not deteriorating, but it's actually growing and furthering itself, and Evolving, people don't yeah. like it. Right, right. Society evolves. It's not a static structure for sure, but the general thought from conservatives is that there was a state of perfection from which we have fallen and it only gets worse even though that wonderful we... 1950s how everybody oh, yeah. wants to go back <laughs> to the 1950s model of the I nuclear know. family i love talking about that so much because that's the time where housewives were stuck in the house they they weren't uh, able to have property or jobs of their own often they were stuck in these marriages to al alcoholic assholes and they had no escape because they had no means to escape. So, and yeah. People couldn't like really do much, like can't live outside of our own neighborhoods. Right. You know, drive outside of our own neighborhoods. Yeah. And, and, on, and yeah, no, just so much is wrong. Ed. But it, it also goes to the point of like, in, it's even in the name conservatives mm -hmm. that like to not only conserve power to themselves, but also their privileged way of life you know they don't really give a shit about the rest of humanity they're just really in it for themselves exactly and absolutely so there's an idea of this like deterioration so there's already a, a balanced judgment uh, against uh, people who are going to be supportive of people who just want to raise their kids and be who they are true yep. so tell me a little bit about yourself please okay so um i am 40 years old um, I am a bit of a gamer girl. Um, I have run an Overwatch League for the last three years till Overwatch died. Um, I have been married to my spouse, Athena, for 20 years. Um, when we got married, Athena was my husband. And earlier this year, Athena decided she was going to be my wife. So that's our current journey. Um, we have, or at least I have been polyamorous for a number of years. 
Um, I do have multiple partners. Um, we have two wonderful kids that are teenagers. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> that's so incredible. I love that. Athena, what about, I mean, tell us about you a little bit. Uh, I mean, those are the big uh, hits there as far as like our current life situation. Uh, similar, I mean, pan, poly, trans, general, like uh, rubber stamp on all of that. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I've uh, just, uh, I don't know. W one other thing I suppose maybe to, to know about us is like we were raised in the church very much. We That's met what each I was other about to say. Thank you. At a Christian school. So Christian high school is where we started dating when we were, well, uh, she was 16. I, yeah, we were both 16 then. At least what we told her parents. No, uh, no. You, I asked her out when she was still technically fifteen. So yeah. and I wasn't allowed to date till I was sixteen. So that was my big rebellion. Yeah. So oh I, I'm God. currently forty as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, last year and it was almost a year to the date. She said to me that I could explore. You know, uh, just presenting in the way that I chose. Uh, in public, uh, and I thought about all of the times that I'd kind of come against this wall. I specifically uh, said, sweetheart, I want you to be who you want to be mm -hmm. and stop holding yourself back because of me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I just thought she was always the upper limit. Where, where did where did that end for me? Because it was always like, you know, eventually it'd come to, well, I, I wouldn't have the confidence in myself to like say, this is what I want to do and this is how I want to do it. I'd have to get drunk before I'd, you know, even have the ability to like put on a dress and say, this is exactly who I'm, who I am. And then I'd feel bad about it the next day and just like go through this cycle of regret and remorse. We but are I getting just, a little deeper than just yeah. an introduction oh, yeah. at this point. Sorry, no, sorry. please continue. Please. Oh God, please keep going. Please. <laughs> but yeah, just basically the cycle broke down at that point And I was like, no, this is what I need to do. And I just kept on thinking about it and trying to be sober and, and thought. And just as I was laying down and thinking about it, the name came to me first. And I was like, okay, well, honey, I, I you know, I came to her eventually and I said, well, honey, I want to put a name on this and I want to express this other side, just, just some kind of a, have a dual citizenship in, you know, the gender that I, I want to try. And, you know, after that, she's like, okay, well, let's, let's go ahead and make, we're going to try like just a test run. It was like, I put on a dress for the day and we're just like doing chores. And she was like, halfway through the day and had walked up to me like, well, how are you feeling? How are you doing? And I said, well, um, give me the fucking estrogen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, she it was, was, she was ready. It was just like, uh, no, I'm, I'm seeing myself finally. Like I look in the mirror and I can see there's something that, that has worth, that has value that I wanted to see. Um, I had a lot of angry mirror time. So it was like, that was how I coped against myself making those arguments against myself. Uh, but I just stopped beating myself up about it because I realized I was the last person to do so. And so I started just kind of I, like came out obviously to my wife and then I uh, decided I'm gonna make sure I was healthy enough. I got tested to make sure that I could start on medication. I told my children, they were very supportive of it. One of them applauded, so, you know. <laughs> One of them was like, but, fine mom, finally. Yeah. 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 But like, you know, it's just like step by step. And like, since I just started, uh, it's just been rolling and I feel more at home than I ever have. I've got more confidence than I ever have. I'm doing more with my life than I would have. I spent like 10 years of my life just depressed and practically doing nothing, staying at home as much as I can and avoiding panic attacks 
being on benzoatapines and other sedatives, things like that, to to help manage what I what I didn't quite know was actually at the root cause of it. I thought mm. for a long time that this was a part of my self actualization. That at the you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that this would have been at the very pinnacle. I need to make sure that all of my kids, my family, everything is fed, watered, sheltered, has clothes, has needs. You know that they're even you know having friends, this and that and the other. And whenever all of that is done, I can explore this for myself because that is the pinnacle of who I can be. But the whole time it was like at the very base, just a part of my yeah. identity that I didn't have that crippled me from keeping all of those other things in check to being joyful in my life when I was giving and, and providing for other people. So that I was just miserable trying to support others and not supporting myself in the way I needed. And if I can add a little bit to that, I, I tried so hard not to interrupt you because um, that was so good. Um, but a lot of what held Athena back was me because she didn't want to lose me. And I had my own issues to work through in terms of accepting um, gender and, and gender issues and accepting Athena as a female. Like this is my was my husband of 20 years. And it was a very difficult thing for me to yeah you know, make that mental transition to this is my wife now, and this is a, a new person. Um, there were a lot of issues to to get through, and we're still navigating some of those issues. Um, but I have to say that I am happier with Athena now that she started transition. I think that our life is so much happier now that she is able to be who she wants to be. And all of my fears that I've had for years about her potentially transitioning, I know now that those were ill-founded fears because now that she is living her best life it affects me on a very deep level I am used to having a very stoic alcoholic emotionless husband and now I have this wonderful bubbly smiling beautiful wife and the difference between the two lives is so stark and I never ever want to go back I, I love Athena. I love my life with Athena so much more. I'm so much more fulfilled than I was any time when, uh, when Athena was living as someone that's not her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's been a, a, a wild ride here, but we really are like happier with each other than we've been uh, for a long, long time. Uh, you know, being, married for so long over 20 years and knowing each other before that like you can definitely see like it's hard to grasp where all the happy points were there were obviously so much there was obviously so much that kept us happy and together through the years but at the at the core of it if if she wasn't there i would probably be searching for a bottle because i couldn't stand being myself or being by myself so that it's just like uh, I would wake up in the morning and if she wasn't awake, somebody to be with, somebody to like have, you know, as, as a crutch almost, then I would just like, I'd be miserable like at three in the morning and try and like drink myself back to sleep if I could, if I had that, the resource for it, just whatever it was to get me through to the next thing I had to do to keep everybody else happy and safe in life. And now I'm I was self-directed and, and managing like, lots of like social things uh, just like it's it's night and day yeah yeah suddenly once you get to be yourself it's like you feel en energetic and just 
mm-hmm. full of life now that you know that like there is a tomorrow essentially because I know I remember I was the same way I was with someone for a very long time and at the same time I was like I know that if I do this it's going to I'm going to lose that person as well as you know there was a lot of hang up from when I went through a gender uh, conversion uh, therapy and it was like oof there's so many emotions about this and finally I was like look I just I gotta be myself I I, I can't go on living this way because at one point I did try to commit suicide over it and that's when I was like if I'm gonna die anyways I might as well just give it a go and I did and now I'm me yeah I I, I realized like oh it was, it was 2021 like in the middle of like winter I I I had a couple of like drinking sessions where I just on my feet fell flat on my face and I didn't care. I was, you know, bloody face all over the place. And I was like, well, obviously there's nothing here worth taking care of anymore is what my thought was at that point. So I was like, okay, there's, there's like suicidal ideation that I'm not allowing myself to, to express that I'm too afraid to admit to because, you know, they'll, they'll throw me, they'll commit me. That's happened before. Right. Place. So, yep. So I had to like just really honestly look at myself and said, "Is this really where it's at? Is this really where I'm at?" And you know, deconstruct my identity, try and find out the parts that are valuable. And and Athena is who I am at the very core of it. And that's. I never really saw um, Athena in the past uh, manifesting any suicidal tendencies necessarily, but it was uh, self-destructive tendencies. It was yeah. not caring enough about herself. Um, because she couldn't be who she wanted to be so it was just like letting life deal whatever shitty hand it was going to deal to her because she didn't care enough to stand up for herself but now that she's going down the path of embracing herself I'm seeing her stand up to life a whole lot more I stopped smoking on Thursday cigarettes at least I've got vapes but um yeah uh, she got me a lovely new coat for the winter and I decided I'm just not going to smoke cigarettes in it. We have at the end of the show uh, questions that we ask. I know um, Caroline likes to do soul to soul. Me, I just like to base it off of the person themselves and the experiences that they've shared with us because I'm not a very spiritual or religious person. Um, So to me, I like to ask you about your ideologies and about yourselves. So in this instance, you had a lot of information. Obviously, I agree with all of it. You know, there I I agree with you on the there's some guy go issues with some of the uh, stuff that they're basing their opinions on. They're using, you know, causal stuff instead of or not calls yeah uh, cor- they're using correlations instead of causality instead of actual like science and using data and using um control groups they're just basically using confirmation biases and other stuff but um to me i just like to ask like um what would your ideal outcome be and i think you've already kind of hinted at it the uh forward thinking change with a peaceful transition to that would you agree with that or am i getting it wrong well i've got a a rational call to action that's something that's not too extreme you know 
Um, like a lot of people are like, you know, we, we definitely should like burn the patriarchy. And I'm not saying that that's invalid, but just to the people who are involved, who can make rational decisions, who don't seem to be acting rationally. I specifically want to mm -hmm. talk to the people who are, who are hosting the website for the family resource study, that really glossy website, take it down. You're not getting any ad revenue off of it. You're just hosting it out of hate. So like we, we can kind of see what your hand is. It's out of date information. The survey is inaccurate. You've got better resources you could be using that for. Your web guy's probably making money off of you. At nothing else, save yourself a dime and just go ahead and take the website down. So please do. I completely agree with Dean on that because I, I think the only thing they're gaining out of it is literally to further hate. And they recognize that people are using that to fund their, or to, you know, fuel their hate. Or and to, I, to attack I, their family members even. Yeah. I've had people send me links exactly like that. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's it's serving the purpose that they want, which is you know, to fuel their hate. But at the same time, like their IT person is probably like, yes, you're fueling my paycheck. Thank you. To give legitimacy and voice to the people who think that there is no foundation for same-sex couples, or or that there's a bad uh, history for for children, to put a, an argument forward against people taking care of their own children, however they choose to. That, that's really what it's there for. So please take mm -hmm. it down. We really appreciate it. So my, my next question is essentially, I think you've also kind of answered this one in the way that you've already spoken, but how far would you be willing to go to see your ideology uh, come to fruition? And I, I feel that it's not an ideology in this instance. I feel that um, essentially I agree with everything that you've been saying, um, literally everything. It, um, and I don't mean that in some sort of sarcastic way. Um, I just, I feel wrong calling it an, I, I, uh, an ideology because honestly, it's not an ideology in that instance. In this instance, it's how, I guess, how far are you willing to go to see, you know, your desires come to fruition? Because I feel that it's in, it's in line with reality and it's something that would benefit people all together, as well as, you know, the, the country itself. I know you said, you know, you want this stuff to go through peacefully, um, but if, if stuff had to pop off and it was the only way forward, you would do it. And yeah. I feel that my answer's already been, or my question's already been answered on that. Um, you're very thorough on it. So I feel that at this point, I'm just uh, beating up a horse that's been, <laughs> unalived for a hot minute so may i may i interject here and, yeah, and maybe answer a little bit on behalf of athena um yep. athena is a very verbal person and she knows a lot of information and she likes to just spitball it out and that is her method her preferred and chosen method of battling the patriarchy or battling yeah. the bigots. and and in terms of how far would she go I personally don't know Athena to be a, a very um, out in the streets kind of person. She is a one-on-one, -on -one, let's figure this out through discussion kind of person. But and I would her, honestly love to have conversations with these people directly to have insight uh, on that and to maybe provide just a differing opinion. I'm not a very confrontational person by nature in general, mm -hmm. but I have the resources and I feel like there's not really anybody who has put up an argument that's not really pretty simple to think about. So 
but in well, terms of how far would she go, um, I was going to say uh, we've had a recent discussion in the past year of what her nickname for me ought to be. Um, and she, we've decided she's going to brand me her fireball because when, when shit gets really rough and her discussion isn't doing it anymore, to put it in D and D terms, she's going to cast fireball, and that's me, because <laughs> I I very much am the in the streets. I'm going to go to the protests, even if it turns into a riot. I'm going to be there. I'm willing to put myself in jail, get myself arrested, put myself in harm's way to make sure that our voices are heard and that the people around me get their voices heard as well. And so I'm we I'm the fireball. I think we should state that like e both are equally valid. We need people who are more willing to sit down and utilize verbiage and peaceful discussions and being able to formulate arguments and give data to prove points. And at the same time, we do need people like you and myself, fireballs. Because, Absolutely. But we'll know, be here like, to bail you out. Yeah. And we yeah. need people who are willing to stay on the outside to bail us out because I've been to jail a few times and I'll tell you, it ain't the nicest of places. Never been convicted of anything, though. I will reassert that. Reassert. Convictions are not <laughs> jail. Maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess the last thing that I would typically ask is, would you be, to you, would it be as equally important to for your plan to come to fruition, even though you might not be around to reap the benefit of, you know, the rewards? Yeah, 100%. So the, the project in, in this case is just basically about uh, the ability of families to make decisions for themselves, right? Uh, or, or individuals to make decisions for themselves, their own health, their safety, and how they want to run their family. And, and prying the interference of churches or religiously funded organizations out of that, taking away that structural power that they have a monopoly on is an important project to me. I came from a family that was in different pieces and kind of patched together again with other components, right? Uh, so did most people these days. And the yeah. fact that we only legitimize that through the church takes out the validity of a lot of relationships that really should have meaning and, and you know, importance. I'm going to answer the question just a little bit more directly. Um, I we we have kids and our kids are almost voting age. So is it worthwhile? to work for these things, even though we don't see the effects ourselves, absolutely. Because my goal in life is to raise my kids better than how I was raised. And I want them to see a better world than the world that I live in. And I'm fearful that because of global warming and because of capitalism and because of all these things, my kids are going to be, uh, they're going to end up in a poverty stricken, just terrible situation. So we have to do the work now and our voices need to be heard now in order for their world and my grandkids world to be a better place, uh, not just economically, not just um, geographically or, or weather-wise, like we need a better world socially where people can be mm -hmm. accepted and live their lives as they want to live as long as it doesn't hurt other people. We need that world now and we need it for the future. So absolutely, mm -hmm. I'm going to work toward that even though I don't see the benefit. I want my kids and my grandkids to see the benefit of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we all kind of are all on the same page here. Like, 100% behind you on all this and I also we're not, to... oh. we're not going to reap the shade from the tree that we plant
Yeah, so exactly. I, Might not. Athena, I wanted to. So a little while ago, you mentioned that you wanted to get to the philosophy, to the root of why the, the like conservatives think the way that they do. If I'm not mistaken, at one of the times you had said that, and so I wanted to know what got yeah. you involved in getting really interested in this type of research and digging deep mm -hmm. into like surveys. Um, well, I mean, I've done a few just like kind of on the side studies, but like, you know, the importance of like just telling the truth is is pretty big to me. Well, and actually the, the thing that kind of set me off on this particular tangent to target this research and this this uh, researcher, uh, what was the output that they had? There was a uh, basically where there's a worldview A, worldview B. When I was in high school, they had a, a book that just basically constructed these false senses of, of worldviews. That book uh, was, was called Understanding the Times, and it compared uh, four different uh, worldviews. One of them was Christianity, another was Marxism, another was like Buddhism or Hinduism. I don't remember what the uh, other one was. It, it, it doesn't particularly matter, but of course the right one is the Christianity and everything else is aberrant or faulty or flawed. Uh, so like I spent my college years, instead of learning things, you know, that I should learn in college, relearning stuff that I should have learned in high school and unlearning things that I should have learned in high school, like that I had learned in high school that led me down the wrong path. And like putting out those prescriptive ideas that it's A, B, or C, or there is only A or B to choose between in uh, construction of uh, any argument, it's absolutely bullshit. So we have to understand that humans can hold two different and possibly contradictory ideas in their head at the same time. Uh, and any way that I can just kind of show that that is the case, it takes away the legitimacy of the natural law argument. And it takes away from the concept that there is one particular structure that's right. You can prove it down the line here along each individual point, or you can just start with the fact that they don't respect what nature is telling them through the research that they're doing in the first place. So yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of ways that we can deconstruct what's being used as a cudgel with a scalpel. A lot of times though, the scalpel isn't going to be noticed. So we'll have to take the machete or the chainsaw, so. I've always known Athena to be a very analytical person who seeks the truth. And some of that comes from the religion that we were brought up with, which crazily enough told us to seek the truth, but that truth was in God and not in actual truth. Um, but I think that it's very inherent to who she is to seek the truth. So that's why she's down this rabbit hole of this particular one, trying to dig out the truth. Because and, I see just, yeah, there's this one thing that they are dis, dis, very distinctly getting wrong and intentionally getting wrong. And they have drawn up the distinctions themselves for, and they refuse to operate by their own rules. That hypocrisy just can't stand. Uh, and there's the, a, yeah. sorry, there's oh, a very, you go ahead. Okay, <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, and, and it's just the point of like, if you watch the video that I'll be sending to, you know, us in the, or to the Discord or wherever, um, it will just basically show like from the get-go, whenever there's a trans individual, they're immediately drawn back, dead named and misgendered intentionally time and time again to delegitimize. So in the same effect, I'm going to draw a punch back and say, before you can say anything about what you think a public opinion on transgender or adolescent youth would mean for the Supreme Court, here's why your original argument was bullshit. So I'm going to go ahead and call you out on your nonsense because you're trying to already delegitimize the people that you are going to be directly affecting.
So what are some of the ways that our youth can get involved in affecting real change in our community in regards to some of the things that we've talked about today? Mm -hmm. uh, well, um, honestly, there's an informative piece to it. Um, and, and that's really one thing that I want to do is make sure that people who are uh, undergoing like any kind of criticism from family members that is regarding those kinds of studies, that, that we can prove that there is not really a logical or rational foundation to these arguments. So it's number one as a piece of armor for the trans community. And then also as a, a gadfly against the people who are continuing to put up those, those sorts of materials because all of them are going to be continuing to find the same results that they're trying to tweak to the same end. It's, I, I have faith that science is gonna to continue to show that you know, the social, social constructions are what we make of them and how easy we make them to access will dictate how effective they are at affecting and changing society. Um, so what, what actions can I take? I can inform my community. Uh, I can reach out and directly uh, interact with some of these individuals if, if I get enough material or, or evidence that there is something. Like I said, I really do want to look into the funding and construction of how uh, the institutes like Witherspoon Institute is getting and spending their money so that we can we can take apart those, those structures from from you know the the outside here as, as citizens seeing where the money is directed can help us to be more informed and also more critical of those institutions because we'll see those little constructs getting money funneled through like the heritage institute uh and other like 501ccs that just are like a little octopus network and seeing that whole network together kind of gives us a structure to go this whole network is based off of this ideology we can have a sort a certain expectation of bias within the, the framework of media that is produced or research that is produced by these networks so it's a it's an overall delegitimizing effort towards the efforts that are trying to delegitimize us so two things to add in terms of i i think the question was how can our youth get involved um, I had a friend come to me recently and say, I have a family member who wants to transition. What do I do and how can I support them? And I think this is a very key part of how to be involved with furthering society. Be a safe person. Sometimes that's all you need to do is be a safe person for someone to come out to or to bear their soul to. If you can be a safe person that empowers other people to be able to speak up about who they are. And uh, in addition to that, how can people get involved? Just get out and vote. Get out and, and, and canvas for candidates. Call your local democratic office and ask how you can be involved. Even if it's just taking out the garbage at a candidate's office, you are contributing something. So um, just just vote and get involved in, in the local politics. That's That goes a really long way. I really appreciate you stopping by and, and spending time with us. It was a pleasure. People don't usually uh, handle me talking about research documents for this long, so thank you. Trill, Trill, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed every moment. Our foundation of the media, we talked about this last week, Lucy, is so important because the more we normalize this, the less violence that we'll experience among our community because the more education will exist among our world. Well, that's also why I agree with violence for violence. Like, hunky-dory, take the peaceful route, take that MLK route, but at the same time, you just gotta be, a, you gotta be a Malcolm X at times and be like, What's oh, that? 
my existence, then I don't expect your reasons to live. 